Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Well, we're going to start a new series this morning called The Secret Place. And uh, I'm excited about it. Once the uh, basket, bucket, whatever it is, goes by you. If you want to turn to Mark chapter 3, I'm going to start there. We're believing for rain, amen? You say you're going to keep bringing that up, like religiously. <laughs> what I've figured out is, and this is specific to the call of what God's called me to do in, in his portion for the body of Christ and those that are called to be a part of what we're doing. The scripture that we have, one of the main scriptures, is in Ephesians 3, and we have it posted on our website and stuff like that. And out of the Passion Translation... Uh, And other translations say something similar. But part of the call of the church is that we know God so well that we are a body wholly filled and flooded with his presence. Now, there's two aspects to that. There's the body corporate, which coming together, the body corporate, we are to experience the presence of God. You should feel God. Now, that doesn't mean we live by feelings, but there should be a tangible presence of God in the body of Christ. Amen? It doesn't mean we, we, we think, well, I don't feel God. He must have left me. You know, I mean, we walk by faith. But there, how many know there's significant accounts where God came onto the scene in the New Testament and in the Old Testament? How many think people felt them, felt him? Okay? We know that's the case. And so um, we need to keep that in mind. And part of our call is to know him, is to have his presence here. Well, in order for you to be an effective witness, it would be good if you were full. Okay? So what I've experienced through the years is there are a lot of people that know how to experience God in the church, but they don't know how to carry him out to the world. You're supposed to carry the presence of God. Because as much as we're the body of Christ corporately, you're the body of Christ individually. You are a portion of that body. And the house, you know, we we read that scripture. The train of his robe fills the temple. You are the temple. People say, well, no, no, it's this structure. No, no, the structure, the only reason the presence of God is in this structure is because we're here. You know, through the years, I've read through different, many revivals and different things like that. Um, and there's been significant moves of God where all the bars in a city have shut down. All of them. Because nobody went anymore. Everybody got saved. And you know what they turned some of the bars into? And then who was there? God. <laughs> now God invaded the people and then he can possess the land. I just prophesied. In other words, now I'm not going to try and, you know, I'm not going to get the, the, the horse in front of the cart, or the, the cart in front of the horse. I want the horse in front of the cart. <laughs> I don't want the, the, the cart in front of the horse here. So the first thing we need to do is know God. And then when you know God, you can take the gods you know 
and share him with somebody else. Now, there are people that are very uh, zealous for the Lord. They're, they're strong in the Lord. I'm one of those people. And even when I didn't know God, I still tried to share him because, you know, I knew enough to be dangerous. You know, like I heard a preacher one time say, I may have had my diaper on, but I had my sword out. <laughs> the scripture talks about, you know, baby Christians. So, <laughs> you know, and it's dangerous to give a good weapon to a baby. You know what I mean? But fortunately, the Lord helps us and he's gracious. But what I've found more than anything is, is that if the people do not have a significant relationship with the Lord, they most of the time will not share him. They will be dominated by fear. They will be dominated by the intimidation of the enemy. And it's only because they haven't had the proper fellowship. Because when you really fellowship with your God, all fear goes out the window. The Bible says that God is love. And the Bible says that perfected love casts out. And that word cast means to throw and you don't care where it lands. How many would like to throw fear out and not care where it lands? That's a promise. But that doesn't happen just by, uh, you know, I just say it like this, the way that Brother Hagin used to say it to us. The promises of God don't just fall on you like ripe cherries off a tree. You've got to pursue him. And part of that pursuit is fellowship. And part of that fellowship is the secret place. And you have to find, uh, uh, you know, sometimes I, I love principles. But principles work the most effective out of fellowship. Principles work at the highest level of efficiency in the place of intimacy. So, it's wonderful. I've experienced this myself. There have been areas of my life where fear has had a stronghold in my life. And the longer I've walked with the Lord, you know, I've gone up for prayer. I've gone, you know, I've, you know I didn't have hands laid on me until I went bald because I still have hair. But, but I had hands laid up, I had all these things. And all those things were great. But ultimately, it was intimacy with the Lord that broke the power of those things out of my mind. Amen? I learned through knowing him and pursuing him. Now, just you think, you think you're in a good position. How many have been saved for about 20 years? You, th you think you're in a good position now. Just go another 20 and be intimate with the Lord. Amen? See, I've gone about 23 now. <laughs> Man, it's been 23 years since I got saved. I mean, really saved, you know, before I was just goofing around. <laughs> I, was like, well, I might try that. I don't want to go to hell when I die, you know, so. But I mean, really pursuing the Lord. And you, there is not enough money in the world to get me to turn. There's not enough anything. You know what I mean? Why? If it's this good, wait for another 20. And then another 20, that'll put me at 83. And if I want to go longer, I will. As long as the Lord ain't done. Do you know some of you that have been in the Lord for a long time? It's significant that you stick around. 
Come on. Why? You carry something. Well, nobody seems to want to hear it. Well, serve somewhere and be a blessing. Somebody will hear it. Why has it got to be up here? <laughs> Amen? <laughs> you know, open up a Facebook page. Be a blessing. But it's significant that we know the Lord. And so let's go to Mark chapter 3. Heidi, before the end, remind me to pray that we'll pray about the NDO that's coming up. I don't want to forget that. Mark chapter 3. In thinking about 2019 and all the good teaching and the word that we have had and heard. And looking at 2020 and thinking about the prophetic words that have been spoken over the body of Christ and over our church here. I realize that God's intent in teaching and declaring is not to produce principled robots of obedience, but rather those who through fellowship express his nature and desire in the world where he stationed them. God desires fellowship, and that is why he has given us a secret place. He has given a secret place to every person on the planet. Every person here has a secret place with God that nobody else can go to. Amen? And that's what we're going to look at in this series. Mark chapter 3, verse number 13. It says this, And he went up to the mountain, and he called to him those he himself wanted. And they came to him. Then he appointed the twelve, that they might be with him, and that they might go, uh, they might, he might send them out to preach, and to have power to heal sicknesses, and to cast out demons. Now, when you read that passage of scripture, I know I heard a minister say this years ago who was a teacher in, uh, in a Bible college and every year the new students would come in and they would have orientation and he would get up and he would read this scripture. And he'd read it and uh, 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 he'd have everybody open their Bible and turn to it and read it with him. And he'd say, now close your Bible and shut it. They'd set it down next to them. And, of course, these are all people that, that feel a specific call to the ministry. So they are jacked that they're at Bible school. They are excited. They are on fire. They are moving back and forth, you know, in the spirit of... They are ready to go. I say, how do you know? I was one. I still am. I'm just as crazy. I'm just a little more tempered. Okay, so... He'd, he would, he'd say, now close your Bible. And he'd say, what... What did you see that the Lord, what is the first thing you saw that the Lord commanded them to do? And all of them, with almost unity, he said every year, year after year after year, he said they'd all get up and say, or they'd all shout out, he gave them power to preach and to heal sickness and to cast out demons. And that is not the first thing he said to them. Can you put that scripture back up on the screen, please? And he went up on the mountain and called to him those he himself wanted. And they came to him. Verse 14. Then he appointed 12 that they what? That they might be with him. That is the first command. If you are not with him first, the rest is not going to work. You have to be with him first. 
uh, Shane had mentioned it in the, during the worship, uh, during that, uh, the worship session about spending time with the Lord. If your only time with the Lord is in church, then you're not what? You're not with him. I don't know about you, but Jesus is not an add-on to me. You know, uh, you know, sometimes people, you know, they have those uh, uh, stickers or whatever that says, like, God is my co-pilot or something like that. Uh, I'm not flying. God is my pilot. And if I'm, like, you know, in the seat in the back, you know what I mean? I, I'm not like, oh, don't worry, Jesus, I got the co-pilot thing, too. You know, no, no, no. He's everything. And out of that place, out of being with him, I am now effective where he wants me to be, where he stationed me in the world. So where has the Lord stationed you? And is your effectiveness high? And if not, why? Maybe because you haven't spent enough time with him. With him. You have to be with him first. In the Amplified, it says this, and he appointed 12 to continue to be with him. This is a continual thing. Amen? To continue to be with him. Uh, 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 in the uh, New Living Translation, it says this, then he appointed 12 of them and called them to his apostles. They were to accompany him. In the message, he said, he settled on 12 and designated them apostles. The plan was that they would be with him. What is the plan? The plan is that you would be with him, correct? It's to be with him. In the uh, New International Reader's Version, I didn't know there were so many versions. It says this, he appointed 12 of them and called them apostles. From that time on, they would be with him. They would be with him. The Living Bible says this, then he selected 12 of them to be his regular companions. How do you like that? You know, me and Jesus, we're regulars. We're pretty regular. <laughs> we're, we're regular. You say, what do you mean? Every day. You're going to walk with him. Think about it. He's putting up with you. And yet he's appointed you to what? Regularly with him. I went to the grocery store with Jesus. I went to work with Jesus. Everywhere I go with Jesus. But in that, in order for those areas to be effective, in order for there to be a true witness, in order for us to function as what? A body wholly filled and flooded with God, what needs to take place? You have to be with him first. And so this morning, I'm not going to get into all the details because this is going to be a progressive thing that it grows. And we'll talk about certain biblical principles that help you stay in close intimacy with him. But this morning, I just want you to see, just be with him. Some of you have allowed all the distractions of the world to take you away from him. And some of you think that your, your situation is significant enough to justify it, and it's not. 
There is nothing that can happen in this life that justifies the canceling or the walking away of intimacy with the Lord. Now, I'm not telling you it doesn't happen. I'm not telling you that those things aren't around and that they don't exist because they do. But nothing. I'll just put it to you like this. I'm looking at several faces in here of people who I know for years have overcome battle after battle, had victory after victory after victory for years and years and years. And there's one common principle in all of them. They know how to be with him. In the middle of the battle, it's not time to go, oh, what were those principles again? I got to have it, say it, believe it, confess. No, in the middle of those things, that's when you need to go to the secret place and fellowship with your God. And out of that, you'll have great victory. You know, I because I've been around Pentecostals and the word of faith for so long, I've seen it happen over and over where people are just shocked when they're going through trials. And they let the shock and the fear of that trial totally dominate them. If you do, you're giving place and power to your enemy. You've got to be careful with, it's not fair, why me? You've got to be careful with that stuff. Because I'll just tell you this, it's a trip. It's a trigger on a trap, and it's the enemies. I'm not telling you you can't actually get information from the Lord about your situation. I'm saying if you're coming at it from the standpoint of, woe is me. When when we start getting into a place where it's woe is me, the enemy now has a hook into your situation, and you'll have a hard time getting rid of it. Actually, you may, it may, until you deal with that, until you get rid of that. You know, as a believer, I heard a minister say this one time, I thought it was so good. He said, when you're standing in faith and trusting God, for one, you don't let the circumstances and what's going on define the character of God to you. You let the word of God define his character. Secondly, This is the other side of it. You need to have that spirit of faith in you. You say, what's the spirit of faith? Well, the spirit of faith comes out of the secret place. But the spirit of faith is, as long as the world turns, as long as I draw a breath, as long as I'm here, devil, I'm going to believe my God. You know, there's a lot of Job's wives running around. (laughs) I'm talking about it in the church. What did Job's wife, what was her blessing to her husband? Just curse God and die. You talk like a foolish woman. That's Job's answer. You know, they probably need a marriage counseling after that. But, you know, (laughs) Job was right. (laughs) Right? You're going to curse God and die. Job at least had enough sense to go, you're dense, woman. I'm leaving. I'm going to go by myself. I'm going to go seek God some more. And Job's situation was not perfect, but it got to where, come on, what was the purpose of Job? If you read James, you'll find the purpose. You know, most people think, oh, pain and strain and oh, misery. Ah." How many have ever gone through something difficult in your life? Why do we focus on Job like that was the will of God? 
It was Satan that was doing those things. The intent of God is at the end. What was it? Multiplication. Increase. So in this place, when you're in a secret place with the Lord, you're in a place where the spirit of faith rests in you. And you'll go, you know, I heard one guy say, if all you can do... And you feel like you're drowning. If all you can do is get one nostril above water, blow a faith bubble. I mean, if you're going to go, buddy, go in faith. Don't, 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 give, don't give the enemy the satisfaction of fear being there. In, 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 I, heard a minister, I heard a minister say this. It may feel like all hell is broke out around you and nothing's going to happen. He said, but the spirit of faith will make you swing over hell on a corn stalk and spit in the devil's eye. That's a good southern way of saying, I ain't quitting. I don't care what you do. I live in the secret place. Devil, you picked the wrong one. And people say, well, how can you be like that? Listen, this is our opportunity to be like that. People say, well, I get to heaven, then all the trials will end. Yeah, and you won't have an opportunity to walk by faith. And faith pleases my father. And so I'm just going to go crazy with it. <laughs> well, you know, you don't want to get too wild. They said Jesus had a demon. They said Paul had a demon. I bet Paul was like, I've arrived. <laughs> they say I had what Jesus had. I have the same disease <laughs> as Jesus had. What's that? Crazy. Why? Just because it's not natural thinking. It's heavenly thinking. It's the words of heaven, the life of God. Amen? Let's go to Psalms 91. God has chosen you to be with him. How many would say, yeah, I'm going to be with you, Jesus? You know, it wasn't always convenient to be with Jesus. What do you think the apostles felt like, the disciples at that time? They were apostles, but we know. Uh, What do you think the apostles felt like when they went to throw Jesus off a cliff? You know, sometimes we don't think about these things, and we need to. Think about what it was like to have everybody in the crowd all of a sudden turn on you and your group, and they got stones in their hands. Well, I don't know if I want that, preacher. Well, you want the secret place, right? See, this is where depth comes in, maturity. But what I've found is, Those, especially through the years that I've admired in the faith that are even sitting here in this sanctuary, but then others as well, they have this, they have the same declaration as Paul. I don't count my life as dear to myself. And if you're going to go far with God, you have to count him more dear than your physical life. Amen? Do you know what the highest level of faith is? Martyrdom. Who said it? It's a good answer. Whoever said it, you're right. Oh, Josh, it's martyrdom. Why? That's full trust in God. Amen? Sometimes people think, well, I don't know if I want that. You know, I want my American Christianity. I don't want to tell you this was written before America came around, so. (laughs) But I know something about our founding fathers. They were willing to give up their lives 
for what we have today. And if we're going to keep it, we have to be able to do the same. Come on, preacher, preach. Go ahead. David encouraged himself in the Lord, so sometimes you got to do that. Psalms 91.1. He who visits <laughs> to dwell means to sit down. It means to inhabit. It means to settle. Watch this. To marry. Isn't that interesting? I saw that word. I thought, glory to God. I'm going to marry the secret place. How many know marriage is for life? (laughs) Okay. He who dwells in the secret, he who marries the secret place. This sounds really permanent to me. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall what? Abide under the shadow. You can live in the secret place. Now, what we're going to teach in this, because a lot of people don't do this, is I'm going to teach you how to practice when you're at home by yourself so that you can just walk in it when you're out in the world. Because it's easy to do. It's just you have to learn how to fight through the distractions of this life. But you can do it. How many have, how many have proven that you can do this? Yeah. You can, you can be in the most terrible circumstances and have peace on the inside of you because you're living, you're dwelling, you're abiding in the secret place. God's called you to the secret place. Do you know what God cares more about than just your physical comfort? He cares more about your relationship with him and your intimacy with him. Amen? There is a place where you can live, where you can be like Jesus. You can walk around and go, I only do what I see him do, and I only say what I hear him say. You know what that means, right? That means you can hear God outside of a worship service. <laughs> How many love, I mean, you know, I'll just be honest with you. My, my devotion time in the morning is one of my favorites. I mean... I like corporate services. I like corporate anointings. Some of the most amazing things the Lord has ever done for me, nobody else has been around. Conversations that we've had, things he's told me and shown me, confidence he's given me, insecurities he's taken out of me, healed my body, delivered my mind from past ways of thinking. Come on. Learned how to quit feeling sorry for myself, but get up and go, okay, Lord, here we go. Even in the midst of what looked like terrible, never going to come, never going to fulfill what I felt like God called me to do or I felt like God had called me to in relationship with him. In the midst of those terrible things, faith would rise up and I would stand up in the middle of my own devotion time with the Lord and go, we're going to overcome. I'm going to make it all the way. I'm going to run my race till the very end. I'm going to stretch out. I'm going to hit that finish line. I'm going to break that tape. I'm going to walk into the throne room, and the Father's going to look at me and go, Well done, boy. You said that wasn't in a sermon? Nope. That was in the secret place. 
Have I heard sermons on it? Yeah. Can sermons change your life? Absolutely. Vital part of the church. Fellowship together. But there, how many are, are you, you're married? There's a place of intimacy that you have with your spouse that nobody else knows about, and they shouldn't. Don't post it on Facebook. We don't want to hear about it. It's nobody else's business. Come on, you know, the world doesn't have any concept of this. They just put everything out there. And there's Christians that do, and they need to quit it. I don't want to hear about your relationship with your spouse. Period. You know what I mean by that? In other words, how many know there's a time to shut the bedroom door? (laughs) Right? And nobody else should know about that place. You have that place with the Lord. Come on. Amen. And out of that place, whoo, the preach can come. The lay hands on the sick. Come on. Sometimes, you know, how many times, as we close this morning, how many times did the Lord go to the mountain? You say, went to the mountain. Jesus hid from people. Oh, no, not Jesus. He loves people. He would never hide. He hid from them. How many know sometimes you need to hide? No, I need to go to more meetings, more meetings, more meetings. No, 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 no. You need to go to the secret place and say, Oh, Father, they that wait upon the Lord. Woohoo! I don't need another sermon. I just need to crawl up in my dad's lap and go, Hey, talk to me, Lord. And you know what the Lord will do? Because oftentimes we do this. We'll go in there and he'll, and we'll start spewing our needs. And have you ever had him not talk to you about them? Oh boy, I have. And I'm like, okay, something's not right here. So I back up. And I just sit there and go, Lord, what do you want? And I can hear him. Worship me, Sean. And I'll just start, not like, you know, like this. You ever done this? Well, I know I should tell my wife I love her. I love you, I love you, I love you. I love you. Well, I said it. What's the problem? You know, like the moron guy I heard say one time about he got married and his, his wife said, you never tell me you love me. And he said, I told you once. If it changes, I'll let you know. <laughs> Boy, that's dense. I love you, I love you, I love you. You know, people do this in prayer. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. You don't. What if I went up to Mike? Mike, 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 Mike. Come on. This is a relationship. Jesus is real. Okay. God is real. So you can go into that secret place and go, Father God, hey, I love you. And if you listen, you'll hear him say, I love you too. Down on the inside of you. Because he's saying it. In fact, some of you just heard it. And it wasn't my voice. What is that? Secret place. And in that place, you can go, Lord, I've got some things. And he goes, yeah, I know. And you say, what about this? And you say, well, let's talk about that. And he'll just start dealing with them one by one. 
And as he does, you'll start to change. And you won't change all at once. There'll be this steady relationship with the Lord where you're consistently going after him and he's, you're fellowshipping together. And then like me, it'll be 20 years later and you'll go, oh, I love where I'm at. You, nobody's taken me out of this place. I can look back and go, this is where the Lord took this insecurity out of me. This is where the Lord healed my body. This is where the Lord saved my family. This is where the Lord brought my oldest into the world when, the, when it looked like the doctor said maybe it wasn't going to happen. This is where I, I, we, we had our son. This is where the Lord blessed us with a house. This is where we sold the house and then got another house and got blessed with. This is where the Lord did this. This is where the Lord helped me lead multiple people to him. This is where I got to lay hands on a sick person. This is where I got to... Come on. And it wasn't all from a pulpit. It's from a place called the secret place. Amen? Stand with me, please. Father, we just commit to you, Lord, about this secret place. Just right now, just... Talk to the Lord. Tell him. Just in your own words, Father, I just, I commit to you. We're going to go to this secret place. My relationship with you is going to increase, Lord. You know, I, I hear the Spirit of God saying this. There are some that are under conviction about things. And, uh, and you need to let the Lord deal with you about those things. I don't think anything publicly needs to be done. But I hear the Lord saying this, some of what you're feeling bad about was actually a matter of ignorance, not rebellion. I just hear the Holy Spirit saying that right now, that you didn't know. Now, there are things that you've maybe done that haven't helped you, but you just didn't know. And the Lord's not upset with you. He's calling you to himself. He actually hear this scripture coming up in my heart, which is this. You can come boldly to the throne of grace that you may receive grace, mercy, and grace to help. So let's just lift our hands right now and just declare that. Father, we just come boldly. We come boldly. Lord, we receive your mercies. Thank God for your compassions, Lord. They fail not, your mercies. And right now, we just receive grace to help. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're just imparting grace to help right now to every person here. Lord, those that have walked with you for years, Lord, that you're taking them ooh, to a greater level. Wow. You're going to go to some fun places. And Lord, even for those that maybe haven't walked with you much, Lord, but yes, you're taking them in the door. Glory to God, go in the door. You're going to enjoy having close fellowship, being with God. First and foremost, I can hear the Spirit of God say, you were created to be with Him. To walk with Him. To be with Him. And because of the blood and body of Jesus Christ, you can. You can. So Father, we purpose to walk with You. And Lord, we remind You again what You've spoken to us in Zechariah 10.1. We say, Lord, send the rain. We ask You for the rain. Send the rain, Lord. Send it. Oh, glory to God. That your church may be a glorious church. Revive your church, Father. We believe you for it. 
Every head bowed, every eye closed. I just want to give an altar call if you're here today and maybe you've backslidden from the Lord or you need to, you've never given your life to the Lord at all. I want to, uh, I want to uh, pray with you, give you that opportunity. Give you that opportunity for that. You know you're away from the Lord. The Holy Spirit's been convicting you in the service and you need to get right. If that's you, uh, just raise your hand where you're at and I'll pray with you. Praise God. Ushers, you can kind of look. Help me out. Looks like everybody's saved. Praise God. Well, that's good that you know that. Praise God. How many are just thankful for the Lord? All right, let's do one more thing. There's a non-discrimination ordinance that's trying to pass in the city. And I think they're voting on it tomorrow. And really what it is is a gag order on the church. And we need to pray about that. You know, the other thing too, guys, is I know a lot of times people say, we keep politics out of church, but I don't ever see where Jesus didn't deal with leaders and God didn't deal with leaders. And God's given us the nation we have and the authority structure that's here he's given to us. And so we need to make it a point to vote in line with righteousness and not be lazy even on the low level of government in our city uh, concerning voting in those things. We need to pay attention to these things and we need to vote accordingly. And I'm not talking about voting your pocketbook. I'm talking about voting righteousness. Okay? And so with the non-discrimination ordinance... There's a lot of things there that I just don't have time to get into. But let's go ahead and pray for our council, our city council and our mayor, and believe God to move in this area. The biggest way he's going to move is through elections. We need to realize that, okay? We need to be uh, walking in righteousness in this area in order to to fulfill and to walk, to be salt and light, amen? Father, we just lift our our city up to you, Lord. Father, we just pray for this vote tomorrow. We ask that your hand would move mightily through the group. Lord, touch every homosexual. Lord, touch those that are filled with hate. Lord, forgive the church for misrepresenting you. Not that they they weren't standing for truth, but they weren't speaking the truth in love. Father, we're not going to partner with the enemy and the lie of the enemy. We partner with your word, and we just ask you to pray or to move on our leaders, and we pray, Lord, that we would live in peace, that the gospel might be spread without hindrance. We believe you for it. We thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said amen. Well, God bless you guys. Have a great week. Stay full of his presence. Amen. We'll see you Wednesday night. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.